Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. We continue our Child's Play series by moving along from Bride of Chucky to Seed of Chucky, the sequel to Bride of Chucky, which we did last week. And I believe this movie started shooting very quickly after Bride of Chucky was either released or had finished shooting itself, right? They've always kind of planned to make this this sequel to it. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think it was just about a year later after the last one. I'm curious before you get started, is it weird watching these all like back to back because <laughs> this this series for me was stretched out over three decades yeah when a new one was coming out regardless of what it looked like i didn't care i was just excited for a new one i could sense. understand how it might be a lot to swallow <laughs> that was <laughs> all at once that was yours and my worry from the very beginning of course we could be waiting like uh, a in between recording each of these a little bit of a spoiler we're trying to do them as fast as possible so uh-huh. um, it's been days between watching these movies and recording these episodes and i don't know i mean for me it helps with my memory so we could talk about these movies a little okay, bit. okay that makes sense but i understand what you mean there was a time in which we had to wait for everything right we had to wait for tv shows i mean even lost right it didn't come out all at once on netflix and so Oh, right. You'd watch an episode and then you'd have a whole week to talk about it and think about it. And especially with the Internet, you know, people were chatting and had their, their whole fan bases built up around these shows and speculating about what's going on and what's going to happen next. Obviously, this isn't the same kind of thing, but this is a pre-Internet era kind of thing where we had years you know, between movies to talk about and discuss and maybe watch them again and rent them and, and really get familiar with the, the movies before the next one came out. And so there was a degree of anticipation that probably colored our reception of the film. And I was just listening like minutes ago to a podcast that Kevin Smith was on, and he was talking about about how in our lifetime, when we were younger, we didn't have immediate access to everything. We weren't like just (laughs) constantly inundated. So a lot of times you wouldn't even know these movies were coming out Mm. or, you know, if you were, you know, a big fan of horror like me and when you got the opportunity to go to the mall, you'd like check out Fangoria to see what was going on or whatever. You may have some inkling. That was the one. You may have some inkling of what was going on, but very, very few details. Like anymore, you pretty much know everything that's happening. Like, or if you don't, that means that the studio has gone to great lengths to make sure that they're trying to keep it under wraps. Yeah. Times change and that's fine. And I appreciate the easy access. I, Alan and I won't even watch a series anymore. If it releases week to week, we will wait until they're all released because impatient. <laughs> yeah. We're super impatient. So I, I'm appreciative of it, appreciative of that, but. I kind of miss being surprised. <laughs> yeah, I know what Sometimes. you mean. And nowadays, it's like the complete opposite. Nowadays, like, you know, all the nitty gritty, the inside information. Yeah. You know, it used to be Hollywood just controlled this stuff so much. And now either they can't control it or maybe they like the anticipation of it. Or maybe it's just part of the business side that we just don't see is that right. if you if you know, you know, you read variety, you're always getting, oh, so and so is attached to this project or so and so was was going to be writing the script for this project. And and now it's three years later and it still hasn't happened. And they've been fired and a new writer's been hired. And, you know, all these ins and outs of what's going on behind the scenes and who's writing what and who's attached to direct. And it changes before the movie's even shot. Yeah. And so we're so inundated with it. It's a different kind of anticipation, I suppose. But then the reception of the movie is always like, I don't know, sometimes it's nice to not be privy to how the sausage is made, right? You just see the movie come out. Yeah. You don't really know anything about the, the background of it. You're just looking to it content alone. You know, you're not sitting here going, well, let's see how Don Mancini is going to do with this material. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's different. But this is the era we live in now. The other striking thing about it is just from sequel to sequel because there's so much space between them it's such a change like from chuck child's play three to what bride of chucky was seven years right and in that amount of time the whole film aesthetic changes right the lighting style is more slick and Uh i don't know what budget this was shot on but i bet it was significantly less yeah i don't know everything about it felt just a little bit cheaper than bride i think bride was just so good yeah that this one had a lot to live up to it's a stylish movie in the way that bride was stylish but you have a different director you've got don mancini who was the writer of the series a creator of it really from the very beginning who steps in to direct this time even though that wasn't the original intent and before that we had ronnie Yu, who was a very stylish director who really lent a sense of 
I don't know, just a different sensibility to the movie. They may have had similar budgets, but it doesn't look like it. Part of it's the cinematography, and part of it, I think about halfway through this movie, I was thinking, this movie feels smaller. And I think the reason is there are fewer characters. It it really centers around a small group of characters. It's a smaller setting. The first one, at one point, kind of becomes a road movie. So we're getting all these different settings. And this one... My understanding is it's all shot in Romania and all on sound stages. And that was also a conscious choice of Don Mancini. He wanted it to have that older universal monster kind of Hollywood horror movie feel where everything was shot on sound stages. You know, the old Dracula, the old Frankenstein. Sure. It does have a different feel because of it. The locations are, are smaller, more self-contained. There are fewer actors in it. But the look of the dolls and sort of the sensibility of the series is is similar except for the content, (laughs) which seems to change drastically. Like the tone of the content and the story, that changes quite a bit. It's very different for a lot of reasons. And one of those reasons is because as I was watching this and I was, I don't know, halfway through, I almost texted you, but I didn't know if you had watched it or not. I almost just texted you. This is a straight up comedy. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, we said the last one was at least as much comedy as horror. This one is more comedy than horror, I would say. It is. There are gore elements, and those those things are fun. I, I really enjoy them. But this is a comedy. Like, every line is a zinger. So that's one thing that makes it different, at least somewhat. Like, it, it, it amps it up even further. Like, from part two, they've turned it up to 11. The other thing that I realized watching this, and this is the first time that I've realized it, I've seen it many times. First of all, I remember seeing this the first time and not liking it. I thought that it leaned too hard into the humor, and I thought that the humor was really silly, and I didn't like it. And so I didn't really revisit it for a long time. And then I've told you this before. Later, you know, more recently in my adult life, I had caught at least part of it again. And I was like, you know what? They tried something different. Maybe it's not for me, but I appreciate that they, you know, were continuing to try to do new things. Watching it again this time, I actually really enjoyed it, but I realized this isn't really a Chucky movie. This hmm. is a Jennifer Tilly movie. Oh, yeah. This is a Jennifer Tilly and Tiffany movie. And then you throw the kid in there too. And Chucky is really very much on the side until the very end. Like he does stuff, but he's not really. It's not his story. It's not That's his it. journey. He's he's sidelined in the story itself, really. You're right. It's about Tiffany and it's about their son, Glenn, <laughs> who is hilarious. And you're right. This is a comedy. And I think for 2004, this was a bit ahead of its time. I think it plays differently now than it did then. It probably came across as more polarizing and edgy then because I think our sensibilities are, are a little different. This is very heavy on LG. This movie has something to say. Like, this movie has themes that people were probably talking about, some people were probably offended by, and some people were probably scratching their heads. It's super campy, but (laughs) it's no surprise that John Waters has a role in this movie, because this is very much like a John Waters movie. It's not as crazy as a John Waters movie is. It's not as in-your-face as a John Waters movie is, but it's approaching it. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I love John Waters, by the way. He loves these movies, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's he's a huge fan. They wrote they wrote the role with him in mind, knowing that he was a huge fan. I kind of dug it. So I, I went from watching this to watching Child's Play 3, which we are recording a mini-sode for, for our patrons. If you're interested in hearing Child's Play 3, we are not going to be covering it this month, and probably not on the podcast unless we get really desperate. You're going to have to join our Patreon community, and when better, what better opportunity to do so? Go to patreon.com slash chainsaw podcast. And uh, sign up for just five bucks a month. You can get minisodes that we do. You can get our unedited phone calls. We're starting a Christopher Pike book club that's going. Uh, all kinds of stuff that we do for our patrons behind the scenes. And this is one of them. So I, re- I would watch Child's Play 3 almost immediately after watching this movie. And the differences could not be more stark. Uh-huh. Whereas Child's Play 3 felt like more of a continuation of the tone of the first two movies... Obviously, Bride took a complete left turn in a way. This is like a 180. Like you said, this is straight up comedy. It's not really even trying to be scary. No, not scary. And it's you're right. It's about it's about the Tiffany doll. Well, and about Jennifer Tilly, who plays. Both. First of all, Jennifer <laughs> Jennifer Tilly is top build in this movie. 
she, both as the her playing herself and the doll surely has significantly more screen time than anybody else. You know, she's all over the place. But my favorite thing is her playing herself in a self-deprecating way Very that is so. so funny. <laughs> it is hilarious. I would really prefer that we just stop talking now and just play all of her lines. And right? See, because I am just dying laughing. But then there are some... Oh, God. Hopefully we'll get to it. I don't know. We may just gush about this movie and run out of time to talk about the plot. But there is a scene where both Tiffany the doll and Jennifer Tilly are on the phone (laughs) with another character. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It's so funny. It's really smart, you know? Again, it's one of these self aware meta type horror things where the whole conceit here is that in this universe okay wait wait i was trying to figure this out can you explain this to me how does this work because how does it work i i like i really tried to wrap my head around it and i'm not sure that i can how do the character of tiffany valentine and jennifer tilly the actress exist in the same right you almost have to imagine that Tiffany Valentine is not actually Jennifer Tilly, right? Like in the universe, Jennifer Tilly was just hired to play Tiffany Valentine in the movie within the movie that they're shooting here. Right. And we have to kind of put out of our heads that she was also playing, even though they have the same voice. I know it's like hard. To... <laughs> and they're and they're identical to one another. It, it, yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> Tiffany Valentine is very much aware of Jennifer Tilly. She's a huge fan. Yeah. But are we just to believe that they just happen to be identical twins and I guess nobody so. really just says anything? Because like like I was wondering, system. I was like, how meta does this get? Like <laughs> all the like all the movies that we've seen before this, were these dramatizations of what really happened and now <laughs> we're in the real world where jennifer tilly has always played tiffany valentine oh uh, but in this world I tiffany valentine's a real person and jennifer tilly is an actress and tiffany valentine is in the doll jennifer tilly is playing the role of tiffany valentine <laughs> <laughs> right right but hear me out but hear me out hear me out <laughs> so the real life Tiffany didn't look like Jennifer Tilly, but we've never seen her because all the movies we've seen have been about these famous doll murders. Right. Oh, I see what you're saying. Now the real life Tiffany, who <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, kind of. Because why I, would still still why would she have the exact same voice? It doesn't. Right. It, doesn't <laughs> it just so happens. I mean, you know, they try to find people who can look uh, close enough to the person who they're playing you know so with these like dra- <laughs> real life dramas or whatever maybe you can i mean that is also kind of a small squeaky voice that she has jennifer tilly has a very distinct voice and that helps a lot i love it it's so cute jennifer tilly has just the right combination you know you take any one bit of her and her looks or her personality or her voice or whatever away and it, it's almost arguable that she might not have succeeded as an actress to the extent that she has now because she's just got a package that just works and it's just so good and i love her of course i was in love with her as a kid so that helps too but like you know, like I said last time, she's like this Betty Boop of the 90s or 2000s. You know, she just, she has that seductive sultriness about her. Uh-huh. Whereas Betty Boop's character is sort of not aware of that. She's sort of super innocent and blissfully unaware about how attractive she is and how much men are swooning over her. Maybe that's the update. Jennifer Tilly kind of plays a heightened version of the way that she's perceived. And I think right. that she's... A hundred percent aware that that's exactly what she's doing. Oh yeah, for and sure. so she she kind of plays, you know, the big boobed bimbo. She has a line in the movie. She's like, "I know I come across as really slutty, but that's just for my image." Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's 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 so meta. I can only imagine that it's a result of her being a really good sport because yeah. I know some of this maybe was in, improvised, but I'm sure most of it was written. And for her to be a good enough sport to take these really self-deprecating lines and deliver them <laughs> with such enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, I just absolutely love it. Like we're we're not going in sequence, but I like 
there's one point where her assistant finds out that she's thinking about sleeping with a director to get a part. Think about what you're doing. What are people going to say? Who cares what people say? But don't you see how evil this is? I don't want to hear it. You're prostituting yourself so you can play the Virgin Mary. Joe, I don't want to hear it. Oh, this is so evil. You're going to hell. No, hell would be ending up on Celebrity Fear Factor in a worm-eating contest with Anna Nicole Smith. and the assistant goes which you'd win (laughs) because they're constantly they're constantly making jokes also about how fat she is she is not fat she is a curvy beautiful woman but there are so many self-deprecating fat jokes the first time that you see her she's like sneaking a candy bar like on a movie set oh my god she's hilarious (laughs) i could talk about her all day do we want to are we going to try the plot I don't know. I I want to talk more about Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> I, I suppose we will as the plot goes on. So yeah, that's no problem. Okay. We can talk the plot. But she's the star of the movie. This is her movie. She is. Before we go into the plot, it just a thought occurred to me before it passes. What you were talking about again about how modern this movie is, how it's uh, received differently now. I think like back then, for example, Marilyn Monroe is a created character. Right. Yeah. If you look at images of her and where she came from and all that, you know, the Hollywood system took her in and changed her, dyed her hair blonde. Uh, You know, she affected cute voice and all these things. Uh And so in real life, she would she was playing a character as well because it helped her with her career. Nobody wanted to see even in real life walking around the Marilyn Monroe that she was before Mm -hmm. they want to see this character and because of that then she can get these roles where she's playing this character where so this is like where life and art kind of intersect but it's a very deliberate thing boy bands are put together very carefully and their images Uh are very crafted and i think there was a time where we had to intuitively know that but maybe we didn't maybe a lot of people didn't maybe we always thought marilyn monroe just was born that way and it wasn't she wasn't so carefully crafted nowadays we know this And we know it so well because we're so connected and we read so much online and people discuss this incessantly. And even actors are more open about it, that it's different. Like back then, this probably was like, oh, my God, why is Jennifer Tilly saying all these horrible things about herself? Nowadays, I look at it and I'm like, oh, this is Jennifer Tilly acknowledging the image that she had to take on in order to be successful in Hollywood. So on the one hand, you know, nowadays, it just seems like almost any actor might be more willing to do this because the audience is in on the joke. Whereas even just 20 years ago, we weren't all in on the joke. We didn't all get it. And so we'd be scratching our heads here and maybe even applauding her like, oh, my gosh, she's being so so progressive. And and, and she's saying these things about herself or is she revealing her inner insecurities and stuff like that. And now we know this is also part of image crafting, right? This movie itself is crafting an image of Jennifer Tilly, the actress, and it's probably in her favor, you know, makes her come across as a really fun person. <laughs> yeah, she's really super fun and endearing. And I read that in the initial draft, she was supposed to come across as more unlikable. That wouldn't have worked. I Well, I don't think it would have worked or she wouldn't have been the main focus. But yeah. I just don't think I just don't think Jen, that's just that's not Jennifer Tilly. Like, she just seems like such a cool person. She's like a, a rock star poker player. Did you know that? Like, she makes millions of dollars <laughs> no. playing poker. She's no. really good at it. Are you serious? She's a bad bitch. No, she's wow. awesome. There's so many things, but I hope that going through will hit some of them. I, I, I want to talk about Julia Roberts. I want to. There's so many <laughs> things I want to talk about. But I, I want to talk about because I feel like it's the second images appeared on screen i'm like oh this is going to be a different kind of movie (laughs) (laughs) the very first image is a red screen and then cum starts dripping down oh my god i i looked up i I I was eating while i was doing this and i looked up and i was like (laughs) are those cgi sperm that we're getting (laughs) going down then there's a spoof of the Luke who's talking opening credits with right. the sperm, but it, it's darker and creepier and it, it makes a psycho baby. You know, uh, we, we've seen this baby before. Yeah. Then it jumps to a POV shot of this little girl opening a present and she's like, it's a doll. Ew, it's gross. I hate it. And they don't know where it came from. And the mom and the dad go upstairs. And anyway, this POV, this doll, this POV doll ends up killing the dad stabs him and pushes him over the banister. This is a good sequence. 
I mean, it's it, yeah. I, I know we we kind of want to brush through it because there's so much movie to talk about. But I was really well, struck. The reason that I hold on really quick. The reason that I was kind of brushing through it and I interrupted so that maybe you can explain it to me. I don't really remember how it's connected. Well, Chucky's got to end up somewhere, or or Chucky's seed, <laughs> Chucky's son. Well, you don't know at this point. I right. think they're trying to lead you to believe that it's Chucky. There are like two fake outs. At the right off at the beginning of this movie. And then there's a really clever line that acknowledges it. And at that point, I was like, God, this is really smart writing. So you get the POV shot, and it's the typical killer POV that starts off a lot of slasher movies. We don't know exactly who they are, but in a Jason movie, you just assume it's Jason. Right. So in this movie, we're assuming it's Chucky. But immediately, you're thrown off by the fact that these people have British accents. <laughs> uh-huh. And I was like, oh, that's bizarre. Is this going to take place in England? And it's a girl who's opens opened up a doll for the present but doesn't like it because she thinks it looks weird. All of this is shot through this doll's POV. And when she and the family leave the room, the doll sees the half-eaten birthday cake there, and it's got a knife in it. So the doll picks up the knife, and then, as you said, starts wandering and going through the house and kills the father, and he falls down the stairs, and then goes in the shower where the mother is showering, where we get nudity. I think it's the only nudity in the movie. Uh, And I think it's the only nudity in the series. It's not the only nudity in the movie because Tiffany flashes. No, not Tiffany. Excuse me. The yeah, doll Tiffany, Tiffany, the doll yeah. flashes her boobs later in the movie. <laughs> yeah, we get doll nudity. Does that count? <laughs> this is the only one in the franchise, I believe, that features any nudity at all. This is very horror movie. This is very straight slasher. We're not going to get anything more like this for the rest of the film. And I think this is a conscious choice on the side of the director to give them, give the fans this and then let them know we're going to be subverting your expectations. Because after this whole sequence is finished, which, by the way, is a very impressive sequence because it appears to be done all in one shot. I can see the edits. There are places where it was clearly must have been edited, but it's it's seamless. So the whole thing looks like it was done in one shot. It's really great. And then suddenly it's like, hey, 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 wake up, shit face. And we get a face of a totally different guy. And we finally see the doll, and it is this little kid. And this was like a dream he was having. That's what I don't really get. Was it a dream? Was it a memory? I I don't get it. I think he is tormented because this is like a a DNA kind of destiny kind of thing, where both of his parents are killer dolls. And so even though he doesn't have this urge to kill, and he abhors violence and doesn't know where he came from, and so he's haunted by these like tendencies you know what i mean like it's like a dream thing like yeah a, his, sure his, i get it it's like his psyche yeah exactly so i think that's what this is but okay for a moment there i was thinking so how does that did the doll make it to england because it had to get to england at some point and he has a british accent though yeah why does he have a british accent well because his handler his handler is a ventriloquist and so and he's like a rock star looking dude you know he's got long scraggly hair he's very goth he's got tattoos and, and he's smoking and he's a jerk yeah and he picks him up and says come on and pulls him out of the cage that he keeps him in and out onto stage where they're in big uh, lights over the stage is psych and shitface uh-huh. and that is this guy's act and they're at like the international ventriloquists <laughs> competition which is on an outdoor stage like a rock concert can't imagine <laughs> ventriloquism being that cool and and he's putting on an act with this guy and of course you know this is the whole we've seen this before we saw this in as early as dead of night where you've got a ventriloquist right. who's acting like he's really talented but the the reality is the doll's just alive and can talk freely and he calls him shitface and he's a jerk. And in their act, he mentions that he found him in a cemetery in the States. I, I don't know how that happens. There's a British guy walking through that cemetery we saw at the end of Bright of Juggy, found him and found he was alive and decided to whisk him back with him. Oh, okay. So they're in England at that point. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this child puppet thing, they were conflicted about what it should look like. I think. I don't know, producers, uh, somebody. I think that Don Mancini wanted it to have unique features and look like something that would have been designed by Tim Burton. And the money wanted it to look more like Chucky. And so it does kind of look like the guy from The Corpse Bride, you know, a really gaunt face and, and kind of blue. But then it's got like shocking red hair like Chucky. 
and I think it's got blue eyes, so they kind of compromise. And it has sharp re- sharp teeth, too, which I thought was an interesting choice. Well, they established that in the second one, remember? It's the It's Alive Baby. It has yeah. those sharp teeth. I just thought that was his baby teeth, though. You know, I thought he'd lose those. Oh, maybe. <laughs> this is like eight years later, so who knows? But anyway, despite his somewhat monstrous appearance and the fact that he's an animate puppet, He's very mild-mannered, and he's voiced by Billy Boyd, who was mm-hmm. Pippin in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I have no idea that's such a random casting, but I, I, I again, I think uh, they were just going for something. You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, he's British, and he's timid, not cruel and murderous. Like, the guy, Syke, tells him, you're going to have to start being more scary, and he throws a rat in the cage, and I guess he wants this kid to like eat or kill the rat or whatever but instead he just reaches down and pets it and but eventually shit face because he doesn't have any other name yet he's sad that he's an orphan all he knows is that he's an orphan and he's a freak and he's japanese because it says <laughs> made in japan on his oh my on god his so hilarious uh, uh, so he is japanese well during the show he's musing i know i'm a freak and of course i know that i'm japanese but why do I have such terrible nightmares filled with hate and blood and guts? I'm not like that at all. I wouldn't even hurt a fly. Oh, there he goes. Back to his family. Oh, I envy him. Sometimes I wonder about my own parents. Were they Zen masters? Did they serve the emperor? Very mild-mannered. But then he sees them on TV because there's a news report about how they're making a new Chucky movie based on the infamous killer dolls or whatever. That comes after because immediately while he's musing, we get a cut to a graveyard. Oh, yeah, I guess I just spoiled it. I assume any of you who are listening have seen it have probably seen this but yeah well this is this is the second fake out okay so we had that first fake out and that was shocking and then we have this and it's just a santa guy dressed as santa walking through a snowy graveyard and he happens upon the chucky doll and of course he gets murdered by chucky and then tiffany comes out from behind and murders him too you are never real you know what that kind of disappointment can do to somebody do you have any idea how that can with your mind! 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 Chucky's broke again! And then we see a wider shot, and they're on a film set. And Santa gets up, he's like, God, I can't handle this, with his dolls malfunctioning all the time. And we see Chucky and Tina with a whole bunch of tubes going into their backs, and, and they're like, all right, let's take five, and he wanders away. Again, what a clever line, because that's what the filmmakers are doing right now. They are f***ing with our minds. This happened that's for the funny. second time. And now I was like, oh, my God, like this is like dream within a dream type situation. I don't know what kind of movie this is going to be, because now what we have is the production crew is using the dolls from real life that were involved in this series of murders that, again, nobody knows that the dolls are alive. So I guess. Wait, wait, wait. No, right? they're not using. They're not yeah. using the actual dolls. Sure Those they are, are props. No, no, they're not the actual dolls. They're props. They converted the dolls. Well, then why are Chucky and Tina's personalities inside them? Her name is Tiffany. Tiffany, sorry. Why are they, why he, are their personalities? They're they're not. Oh, he does the voodoo thing and puts their souls back in there. From where? They're different. They're different vessels. Todd, we've been through this. You said you watched part three. He says, "I'm in a new body now." They can go into whatever. Yeah, but but where Chucky and... Oh, so just from the ether, he says the thing, and so now the spirits of Chucky and, and Tiffany are now summoned back into these dolls? Yes. Yes, that is correct. Oh. Well, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the guy right. who played Santa is Jason Fleming, who is an accomplished actor, and he hates this movie and is so grossed out by the fact that he did it. He, I, I saw something where he said, so here I am in Romania on a set getting killed by a doll. And I'm like, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> He was in great film adaptation of Great Expectations. He played Joe Gardry. So good. I mean, he's he's an accomplished actor. Who knows? Maybe he was in a slump. <laughs> then, okay, so it's it's a movie and it's a movie set and it's they're shooting Chucky Goes Psycho, which was actually the original idea for this movie. It was going to 
pick up right where the last one left off and Chucky and Tiffany were going to go to the Bates Motel and then it was going to turn into a (laughs) slasher. Silly. We meet Jennifer Tilly. She has her assistant read her like out of the wanted ads, I guess, postings for, I don't know, maybe in Hollywood this exists, you know, posts for auditions and roles and stuff. She says something about Julia Roberts and Jennifer Tilly is like, Julia Roberts, I'm so tired of hearing about Julia Roberts. You know, I should have played Aaron Brockovich. I could have done it without the Wonder Bra. Julia stole that part right out from under me. And you know how she did it? She slept with the director. That's what I think. <laughs> Just all these silly, silly lines and... Oh, God. And then and then she has this whole monologue. I mean, look at me. I'm an Oscar nominee, for Christ's sake. And now I'm fucking a puppet. Got no fan mail, no paparazzi, no stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so meta because it's true. It's all true. Mm-hmm. And it's hilarious. It's a great monologue. It really is. The assistant tells her that Redman, the rapper, is directing a Bible epic. And the role that's available is the Virgin Mary. And Jennifer Tilly is so thrilled. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I love the way she always like wore robes and, and how her hair kind of framed her face like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. Uh-huh. You're going to, you have to take over. Or I'm just going to keep doing it. <laughs> you're, I, I love your Jennifer Tilly impression, by the way. <laughs> it's really spot on. So anyway, yeah, so she's talking about that. So she's going to set up a meeting with Redmond to read for that role. In the meantime, like you said earlier, Glenn sees an interview on TV and it's Chucky and Tina also in the interview chairs. It's like an Entertainment Tonight type show. You're going to keep calling her that. That's not her I know. It's Tiffany, right? <laughs> yes. God, why did I say that? It's okay. I, I don't Just even have from it like now that on, my notes. if you say Tina, we'll know what you mean. That's okay. It's all right. Uh, they're sitting in the chair, and Chucky waves at the camera as the camera is saying goodbye. And <laughs> Glenn notices the Made in Japan mark on his wrist as well. <laughs> so he assumes, oh, my God, they're my parents. And so he escapes from this this evil guy. And then I don't know how he manages it. I guess we're just supposed to assume he does, because the next thing we know, there's a box being taken to by DFS. Double fast service delivery. It's a takeoff of... Department of Family Services. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was cute. The whole movie is filled with this kind of humor. Uh, And it gets dropped off, and he finds himself inside a room with large monster statues that looks like an old-fashioned operating room, but it's obviously like they're buckets of stage blood and things. And this is, I think, a callback to the second movie that we did, where there's an operating room for dolls <laughs> except in this case it's it's movie dolls <laughs> well yeah i mean this is the props room yeah but the props room has all this like actual operating room equipment and and the lights above and the stainless steel table and even the implements look like it's cute it's funny and and so the, anyway yeah he's scared and he's in there uh, and then uh, we go to jennifer tilly with redmond having her little read for the that, that's, that, the it's funny. Man. It's funny, but it's not worth talking about. They do a reading. He's like, yeah, I'm a big fan, but I'm going to go with Julia Roberts. And she thinks that Julia Roberts got Aaron Brockovich because she slept with the director. So she is going to use the same ploy and she's going to try to sleep with Redmond and she sets date up with for him later. It's a yeah. cute scene, not worth wasting time on because gl- the kid shit face <laughs> finds the Chucky and Tiffany dolls and has the heart of Dumbala medallion because i mean why wouldn't he right (laughs) and also the chant is on the back of the amulet and either because i i don't really understand this i i think it must be because he's a voodoo baby (laughs) like he's really good at voodoo and he only has to say the first three words i know and then say awake and they wake right up (laughs) <laughs> he should have told his dad this he could have saved his I dad know. a lot of time yeah oh my god it always takes everybody else so long and he's just like uh oh awake and they wake right up oh my god and he greets them in japanese and they're they're confused but they figure it out he doesn't know if he's a boy or a girl is this when they argue over this and and take his pants off I, well, I keep using male pronouns. That's kind of... Chucky's like, shit face. That's a terrible name. we got to change your name first. I want to name you Glenn. And she's like, no. What do you mean him? It's a her. She's Glenda, which is a straight off... I, I was rolling my eyes at this. It's a straight off nod to Ed Wood. 
Yeah. Ed Wood, uh, the famous director who did Plan 9 from Outer Space and all these old black and white horror movies that I grew up on, also did a movie. Him himself was a at least a crossdresser. I don't I don't know if we're sure how far he went, if he if if he felt he was trans or not, or if he just enjoyed dressing in women's clothing. But um, he did a movie called Glenn or Glenda, where he was hoping to bring light to the subject and empathy towards crossdressers. And it's just a silly, goofy movie that he actually plays in. And uh, I love uh, oh God, I, I could go on and on about Ed Wood. I just find him so campy and entertaining. And so throughout the movie, there's this argument over his gender. And he's just kind of like not sure whether he wants to be a boy or feels more like a girl. And so it's Glenn for Chucky or Glenda for Jennifer Tilly's doll's character. That's just what I'm going to call her because I'm <laughs> Tiffany, right? Yeah, <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> and that's a running thing throughout. And that is a, a major overarching theme of the whole film. This film very much deals with gender stuff. Well, and I, I, I am going to try my hardest with pronouns, but I think that Glenn Glenda would use they, them, he, him, she, her pronouns, depending on the moment. So I think we're safe all around. It's funny because for they kill the prop man. All the kills are great. Like they decapitate the prop man with what, like a wire or something? Because he's trying to fix Tiffany and he takes off her back plate. And when he takes it off, it's all gross and organic under there. And of course that scares him. And then Chucky decapitates him with wire or something his head goes flying up in the air and yeah they each have an arm hand on the wire and then as soon as that's right he falls down and his head is spurting out blood and you see the camera pan back and chucky and and tiffany in the foreground are just like making out in the blood because they're just so turned on by what they just did right so funny and then jennifer tilly comes in and thinks that it's just props because she's surrounded by props and she came in there to get her candy bar she had stuck it in chucky's overalls And she comes in and she plays with the decapitated head for a while. (laughs) It talks to it. She's like, you're cuter than my last boyfriend. And she like kisses it on the mouth. And uh, (laughs) then she's like, you look so real. And she looks closer at it and eventually realizes it's real and screams as she does for the entire rest. She does a ton of screaming. Yeah. Oh, my God. But Tiffany, before she freaks out and the cops come, Tiffany is in awe. She's like, Jennifer Tilly. (laughs) she's so beautiful and she's like and the voice of an angel (laughs) (laughs) oh boy they both compliment and criticize each other's voices at some point in the movie oh and it's so funny it's hilarious what, okay, the, the cops come. The cops and, are there. There's a big interview scene where now there's a big media circus, and John Waters is front and center. It's so funny. And yeah, he's introduced as paparazzi, so we know he's around. And I love it. I mean, this movie is just hilarious because she's getting in the car, and you just hear the voices of the paparazzi fade in the background, and John Waters is yelling out, Jennifer, how old are you really? What year were you born? Give us the exact date. <laughs> yeah. The most ridiculous question. Just a total spoof on how Hollywood works. I I think I heard somebody say, do you have a problem with chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) But but she's got this chauffeur who who we see watching this from a distance who's in love with her. And he's rehearsing his one line. Right. He's like, will you marry me? Will you marry me? Will you marry me? (laughs) This is dumb. They just need him for later. So they establish him as a character. It's stupid. Uh, But the the dolls tag along and they're just hanging out drinking champagne in the back of the limo and stuff. And it's funny. Oh, but it's hilarious because (laughs) she's talking to her or her assistant or agent or whatever on the phone and she's telling her you know redmond's gonna come over and whatever and she's like oh i'm just gonna be with him for a while and then she hangs up the phone and the chauffeur seems upset she's like oh don't worry i'll it's just one night and then i'll be with you and the tiffany doll turns around and goes oh my god she's a complete slut (laughs) i know it's so funny why do you kill people excuse me why do you kill well um, it's a hobby, really. It helps us relax. Am I going to be a killer? Of course. It's been a family tradition for generations. But violence is bad, isn't it? They said so on TV. Not violence. Violins. Violins are bad. That screechy music is going to ruin the goddamn country. Chucky, Glinda's right. It's time we owned up to it. We have a problem with killing. 
And he's like, we don't have a problem with killing. And she's like, no, it is. It's it's an addiction. We're ki- we're parents now. <laughs> right. And she she makes him promise that he won't kill. And he does. But he crosses his fingers behind his back, which is hilarious. And then there's the celebrity fear factor joke, which is hilarious. And then Jennifer Tilly fires her assistant for shaming her. Good for you. You should fire her. That's none of her business. I don't care if she writes all your fan mail to make you feel better. She does not need to slut shame you. You right. just sleep with Red Man if you have to. That's the way the world works sometimes. You're prostituting yourself so you could play the Virgin Mary. <laughs> I love this line. It's evil. Oh, God. Tiffany and Chucky's plan is that they are going to put their souls in Jennifer Tilly and Redman's body. And Tiffany is so excited to be famous. She loves Jennifer Tilly, so she's excited. But they also decide they want to have another baby. So that they can put Glenn's soul in a human baby. Yeah. And then that human baby will have genitalia. So then it will just be decided. Yeah, because part of the reason they don't know Glenn, what, you know, Glenn is, is because when they, they, they pull his pants off to check and he just looks like a doll, he's got nothing. Yeah, he's a Ken doll. So they're going to do artificial, they're, they're going to do artificial oh insemination God. using Chucky's seed. And so she tells him to be quick and he, and then she's like, that shouldn't be a problem for you. And he's like, Hey, aren't you going to give me a hand? And that's when she flashes her doll boobs mm-hmm. that have areolas and nipples. That was so funny. Which I thought was pr- really funny. And and he just ends up jerking off to a Fangoria magazine. Uh-huh. Right. I, when this movie was titled Seed of Chucky, I really thought we were just going to be talking about his son. I did not realize we would see so much of Chucky's actual seed in this film. Oh, yeah. We watch him jerk off for a while in silhouette, as does John Waters. But John Waters is there because he's trying to get pictures of Jennifer Tilly and Redman because he's a paparazzo. But then he sees... Does he say a midget? A masturbating midget? Oh, God bless the little people. Yeah, but that, that's when he sees... Tiffany, too, and so he thinks there's something weird and kinky going on here, but he just thinks that they're little people. Uh, This is where I wrote in my notes, this could not get much more campy. (laughs) Uh, Maybe it can. It can, and it does, but this is just so comedy. At this point, you know, it's not a horror movie anymore. Jennifer Tilly is making out with Redman. They're talking about the movie she wants to be. Chucky is upstairs in silhouette, jerking off to a Fangoria magazine. Tiffany's downstairs watching it. John Waters is outside as the paparazzi taking pictures of all of them. They're going to artificially inseminate this girl with what ends up being a turkey baster. I mean, it's just, it's not Child's Play 3, I'll tell you that, <laughs> at all. Yo, it's, yeah, no, it's very different. It's not scary. It's funny. And it's funny. I, it's funny. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I did too. I was amused. But while they're making out, Tiffany is behind the couch and she's grossed out that Jennifer Tilly is selling herself, you know, for this movie. So she hits Redman over the head with one of Jennifer Tilly's awards. And then she reveals herself to Jennifer Tilly and shames her. And she says, you should be ashamed of yourself. Where's your self-respect? You know what my mother used to say about dirty girls? She said, you can always smell it. On girls who sell it. Oh, by the way, Miss Tilly, can I have your autograph? I'm a big fan. (laughs) (laughs) And then Tiffany knocks her out, and they have to drag the bodies upstairs. She says... Fuck, she's fat. I can't believe it. She's not even pregnant yet. (laughs) Oh, God. Jennifer Tilly's own voice saying how fat Jennifer Tilly is is just... Hilarious to me. Again, she is not at all fat. Like, no. She looks great. Her tits look amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I just think she's gorgeous. And I also like that in this movie, she's not Tiffany in appearance when she's Jennifer Tilly. They actually have her looking very clean and natural most of the time and very soft. Yeah. And you can tell that even without the makeup, and she looks great in the makeup, but even without the makeup, she's a beautiful woman and she's a lot of fun. Now, things get, I wouldn't say they lag here, but I wasn't as amused. Yeah. They tie them up and they artificially inseminate her. And then Redman and Jennifer Tilly wake up the next morning and don't remember what happened. And I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't. I guess we're to believe that because they were knocked out, they have some sort of amnesia. Well, they were drugged. They were kind of drugged. Well, she literally poured pills into their champagne. 
So right, a handful of pills could have been rupees or whatever. Then three seconds later, Jennifer Tilly poured it. Like there's no way that that had time to dissolve. But that's picking nits. So there's a whole day. Well, and and the boys, Chucky wakes up Glenn and takes him out because Chucky had seen he he like he caught John Water, and so they go after. Right, so he wants to go find him and apparently knows where he is, I guess. I, I know, know, right? And, you know, it's funny because in the first movie, Chucky poo-poos the idea that they take a car and drive. I think he says something, what, am I going to be using the steering wheel and you're going to be operating the brakes? And it, it's not going to work. I think that was in Bride. And in this movie, he's totally fine taking Glenn out and doing exactly the same thing. There's a gag where a car that's supposed to look like Britney Spears zooms by them he runs her off the road and but this movie is it's just so full of pop culture references you know? yeah which uh-huh. which is again so john waters but it's what makes this movie so different even from bride i think oh, did we talk about how they killed john waters no chucky was just gonna stab him i think but then glenn like intervened and screamed no which startled john waters and he backed into this is all in a dark room he backed into a shelves yeah and not stationary set of shelves and it like hit against the wall and then all the chemicals fell on him and sulfuric acid <laughs> do you need sulfuric acid to develop pictures <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> I, one wouldn't think oh. um, but he gets his face melted off and He's dead or whatever. And but when they wake up, they don't remember anything. But Jennifer Tilly says that she had a dream and her guardian angel and she had the most heavenly voice came and told her that she needed to do better and she needed to respect herself. Meanwhile, Tiffany is really all about this not killing people thing. So she's reading 12 steps in three days and she skips some of the steps like she's like step three, accepting that there's a higher power. Okay. (laughs) And then she finally (laughs) finds one that says make amends. She's like, oh, I can do that. So she calls the wife of the cop that she killed in the opening scene of Chucky 2 and or Child's Play 2. And she's like, is this Mrs. So-and-so? My name is Tiffany Ray. Um, you don't know me, but a few years ago I killed your husband, and I am so very, very sorry. What is this, some kind of sick joke? Oh, no. I'm completely serious. But I want you to know I'm in recovery now, and I've put all of that behind me. I don't know who you are, <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Bailey. Have a nice day. Then Jennifer Tilly is going, I don't know, to set. I don't know. But her limo driver is driving her and she pukes in her purse. And you know what that means. Mm -hmm. When women puke in movies, that means they're pregnant. And she is. And then at dinner that night, she tells Red Man she's pregnant. And she says she knows she comes off. He's like, well, whose is it? Don't even look at me. Well, I haven't slept with anyone else to advance my career lately. (laughs) Who are you kidding? It's true, Redman. Look, I know I come off all slutty, but that's that's for my image. It's just, do you think anyone would cast me in these sex part roles if they knew I hadn't been laid in a year? I haven't even slept with my driver yet, and I think he really likes me. Hey, that's all very touching and shit, but I'm telling you, it can't be me. Why not? I had a bisectomy as soon as I got to Hollywood. I ain't no idiot. <laughs> Hilarious. But yeah. then Tiffany is pissed that Redman dissed Jennifer, so she kills him. She disembowels him, which Jennifer, Jennifer doesn't see, and she just goes off to bed. Anytime Glenn sees one of his parents kill somebody, his eye twitches. Like, he's very close to losing at any minute. Yeah. Chucky and Tiffany, the doll, are talking, and Chucky's like, well, how long do we have to wait for this pregnancy? And she's like, well, it's a voodoo pregnancy, so it's accelerated. And he's like, how accelerated? And then it cuts to the next morning, and Jennifer Tilly gets out of bed at full-term pregnancy. <laughs> she is 100% pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't, rea- doesn't realize it until she goes into the bathroom and screams. screams. <laughs> oh, my God. This is what she calls Joan, and they have the three-way call, because they're using a landline here. So Tiffany finds she's pregnant. She calls Joan. She's freaking out. In the same way, Tina. Was I right? Tina? Shit. T- no, Tiffany. Tiffany. Tiffany, it's even in my notes as Tiffany. What is wrong with me? Three-way call with Tiffany on the other line. So she's playing Jennifer Tilly. And so there's all this confusion on the line with the agent. And 
<laughs> it's just a funny scene. There's no doing it justice. At the very least, my favorite is when Tiffany the doll is like, is everything okay? And she, Tiffany's like, yeah, everything's fine. And meanwhile, Chucky jumps on Jennifer Tilly's back and is like fighting her in the room. Jennifer, what's wrong? Nothing, I'm fine. I heard you scream. I can still hear you screaming. Oh, um, it's just, well, Bound is on cable. Gina Gershon is fingering me. (laughs) (laughs) She also, then I think after this happens, is this when it's revealed that Tiffany has actually killed Redmond because he falls out of the closet? I don't know. But anyway, there's a there's a break in the action. And and Tiffany and Chucky fight over killing and over Glenn. Yeah. He just screams, you're tearing me apart. And it's hilarious because there's all this family drama going on. And just in the far background, almost in soft focus, is just Jennifer Tilly tied to the bed watching. I all know. of this happened. <laughs> well, it was so funny. It's cute because at one point, Glenn is like, what about what I want? I think... I want to be a boy, but being a girl would be nice too. And then Chucky, for his part, is talking about the whole killing thing. And he's like, look, if you guys want to stop killing, that's your choice. But I like killing. It's not an addiction. It's a choice. And it's not something you should have to hide in a closet. And then the body falls out. And then it revealed that, you know, Tiffany has fallen off the wagon as well because she killed a red man. It's just, it's a cute scene. Again, I think like for the time, maybe it would have been seen as a little more progressive and and perhaps even off-putting for some people. Now it almost seems preachy because these are things we've been wrestling with out in public for a while now, you know, to, to a degree that, I don't know, as a society, it's getting it's getting tricky to navigate this stuff because there's like, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to get into politics or anything like that, but this has very much moved into the realm of politics and it's been something that's now sort of dividing us as a nation. And so seeing it now is very different. But I love how the movie goes here because it is a strong theme of the film. It's yeah. all about identity, right? It is, but it's really not progressive i mean it's it's progressive in that it's addressing this and and gender identity and and those types of things and glenn at one point says can't i be both but this movie really proliferates a a a common thing about people with either gender identity like it's a choice right like as though it's a choice and it's just one or the other and it i know what you mean as though as though it's still binary it's still a binary choice right right i can't just be both right or nothing and in this case he's basically two different people and ultimately does become two different people so it, it treats it more like it's they don't call it multiple personality disorder anymore but they right. it seems more like that like it's two different personalities and that's that's not what being trans is correct so i i understand that yes it's addressing something that has become very much part of you know our social zeitgeist but it's it's still clunky in its handling of it i don't think that it's i don't think that it's intended badly in fact it's intentional it, it it's uh, inspired by i think a couple of brian de palma films where yeah uh, there were male and fe- male and female counterparts and the female one was always the right. um so it, it's a it's a direct take on that but it's not some kind of like oh you know they they were prophetic or they were a- ahead of their time don't you think for 20 years ago i mean we we weren't really seeing this in in movies let alone horror movies like they weren't gumming this head on even though it's clunky it's very in your yeah, face. But, and I don't remember. I think it for its time, it was. I think we have seen this a lot. I think we have seen being transgendered through the lens of mental illness. Exactly. And that's that's not what it is. Correct. But that's not what this movie is. I think it kind of is because he's got a split personality because he's, he's I don't know. I mean, he's a different person when she's Glenda. She has a different accent when she's Glenda and an entirely different affect. Yeah, I see what you mean. Although I think one could argue this is part he's a child or she's a child and still exploring and figuring things out. That could be, I guess. Again, you're right. It's treated clunky. Do you remember that movie? I know you remember the movie uh, Death Spa. Yeah. And that character that was a man sometimes and a woman sometimes and like the woman was the real evil one. Yeah. That's what this reminds That's what this reminds me. Oh, I hear what you're saying. 
anyway, whatever. I'm not I'm not critical of it. I I, I don't think that it was mean spirited at all. And as I mentioned in the pre- in a previous podcast, Don Mancini is a gay man himself. He actually, you know, this was meant to be kind of a metaphor for his own conflicted and and confusing feelings when he was a kid. So I'm I'm really not criticizing it. I'm just not going to give it a gold star for being terribly progressive. Oh no, but I still I think for 20 years ago I don't think you would have seen the 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 balls to put something like this front and center in a movie. Although I can see what you're saying, it's played for laughs, it's played for comedy and it is played with an he's multiple personality or something like that. A little psycho Ask. We're running long, so I feel like we should give the Cliff Notes version of it. They decide that they, because Redman is dead, they need somebody else, so they call the limmer driver. They get him over there easily. Joan comes over at some point where they're trying to perform the ritual, and they kill her. Actually, Glenda kills her, because this is when she, like, switches personalities. And Glenda's the murderous one, and she's, Glenda only comes out, like, in when emotions are really high. Mm. Or, or, Glenn, or Glenn is really agitated or scared. And Glenda dresses just like Tiffany in a way that is unsettling. Like, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I like that I don't like it. It looks like... It's cringy. It looks like rough drag. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's interesting, to say the least. And the character choice is speaking in a different accent, a different voice. It's the same actor. But speaking in a different accent, different voice is different. And Glenda likes killing... And so does Chucky. Uh, They deliver the babies, and one of the babies is a boy, and one of the babies is a girl, and they tell Glenda that they can choose. But then Tiffany's like, maybe they don't have to choose. Maybe they can be both, which is also weird. They're about to go into the the actual people bodies, but Chucky decides at the last minute that he doesn't want to. This is the moment. It's a turning point in the franchise where he decides he's fine in the doll. Mm -hmm. I have had it! That's it! There is a limit to how much I can take. What are you talking about? Look around you, Tiff. This is nuts. And I have a very high tolerance for nuts. If this is what it takes to be human, then I would rather take my chances as a supernaturally possessed doll. It's less complicated. You can't be serious. As a heart attack. Think about it. What's so great about being human anyway? You get sick. You get old. You can't get it up anymore. I'm not looking forward to that. Hun, I want to be Jennifer Tilly. I want to be a star. And I don't want to be your chauffeur. As a doll, I'm fucking infamous. I'm one of the most notorious slashers in history. And I don't want to give that up. I am Chucky, the killer doll. And I dig it. And Jennifer Tilly says, well, that's not what I want. I want to be famous. I want to be Jennifer Tilly. In that case, I'm leaving you and I'm taking Glenn. And Chucky says, nobody ever leaves me, which is a character trait that we've not seen before. But Mm -hmm. okay. And they fight, I feel like, for a while. But then the cops show up. Well, he axes her in the head. No, it's not until they get to the hospital. That's the nobody leaves me line. Well, it happens again. Some they fight, but then the cops show up. Oh, when the cops come in Jennifer Tilly's room, it's just her. They killed the chauffeur guy by accident, but as they were fighting each other, he got killed. It, it's just Jennifer Tilly and the babies in the room. No puppets to be found. So they got to the hospital. Jennifer Tilly's talking to her agent yeah. who says, you know, you've been cleared. They know it wasn't you. Any publicity is good publicity. It's going to be good for your career. And she's like, I don't care about my career. All I care about is my kids. And my first thought was, is this Tiffany? Like, because they, they'd started the ritual, but I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And so then the guy leaves, and she's alone in the room, and the camera pans down, and we see that Tiffany and Glenn, it, it's, it is Glenn at this point, back in the original costume, they're in there, and Tiffany drugs her, and she gets up and is feeling very woozy, and she sees the dolls, and she falls to the ground, and they start to do the ritual to put Tiffany inside her, but then Chucky shows up in a Jack Torrance, the shining moment, axes through the door, (laughs) just his face right in the door. And he's got the, you know, the mean face and he's looking right at her. And then he kind of pauses for a second and says, you know, I can't think of a thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I thought that was kind of funny. It was. But he, but he comes in and she, as he's axing his way in, she's doing the thing as fast as she can. And the clouds are rolling in and she's doing it and she's doing it. But then he comes in and he axes her in the head and she falls over dead. And, and she looks up at Glenn as like, be a good girl or boy or whatever. Don't make the same mistakes your parents did. <laughs> Especially your dad. and then she dies and then glenn not glenda kills chucky and he and chucky looks and says glenda because glenda's the psychopathic one and he says no dad it's glenn are you proud of your boy now and he is chucky is proud of him (laughs) attaboy kid attaboy (laughs) as he dismembers him as he dismembers him and kills him and then Jennifer Tilly crawls from where she is on the floor and comforts Glenn. Cut to eight years later. Jennifer Tilly is throwing a birthday party at her house. And the nanny is complaining that Glenn is the sweetest kid. Like, he's like an angel. But Glenda, like, does all these terrible things and 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 she's scared of her. And Jennifer Tilly is like, I'm not listening to this. I don't want to hear it. And, and she has a Tiffany doll and she picks it up. And the girl's like, ugh that thing's gross or whatever. And she's like, well, I thought the kids might like to see it. And the lady's like, I'm sorry, I can't handle it. I have to quit. And Tiff- Jennifer Tilly's like, well, okay, if that's how you feel. Meanwhile, Glenda, this wild-haired redhead, is standing outside the window watching all of this. And Jennifer Tilly kills the nanny. But it closes up on her face and her, her eyeballs flash Tiffany green. So... So Tiffany is inside Tilly. Yes. Are the two sides of Glenn inside the two kids? Yes. Okay. At first I thought maybe Glenda was Chucky, but but then he goes outside and opens up the gift and there's Chucky's arm inside. Glenn does, right. Glenn still reminisces about his dad. He still has a picture that accidentally got taken of, of well, no, they took it on purpose. Him yeah. and Chucky with John Waters' mangled dead body and like he cherishes that but then he gets a gift and jennifer tilly says oh there's no tag on it i don't know who it's from and he he walks away and he opens it and it's chucky's arm and he pees him his pants because he's scared and his eye twitches and then the arm jumps up and and grabs him and that's the end except for then there's a great end credits scene where they show everybody's death and put up you know their credit right at the moment of (laughs) of their death yeah Um, and and uh, Jennifer Tilly is credited twice as playing herself and as playing Tiffany. And it's uh, to fun music. And it's just a really fun way to close it out. Just let's just do a montage of all of the gory murders. Yeah. <laughs> and, and freeze it at their most unflattering moments. It's it's cute. OK, so it just occurred to me as we were talking that the boys, two sides of his, his male and female side are each in these two kids is that what it is yes right okay i that just clicked with me so i can see what you're saying about this isn't entirely you know don't give it a gold star for gender identity <laughs> right. discussion because it does still it's still very binary in that way but um yes so then it, it, it does tend to fall into line with a lot of other horror movies that do this kind of thing like you said where the guy clicks into a woman and is suddenly murderous or right usually it's that direction actually isn't it it's, uh-huh. it's hardly ever vice versa which is Probably, hope probably somebody's written a paper about that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. This movie is polarizing, and I was on the side of people who didn't like it. Like, I'm like, I don't like this one. I like all the other ones. I liked three fine, even though I don't think it's great. But this one, I was like, no, too silly. But now that time has passed and I revisit it, I appreciate it for what it is. It's it's different than the others. It, it leans more into the comedy. It's goofier and sillier and Chucky kind of takes a back seat a little bit, which honestly I don't have a problem with. I love Jennifer Tilly. I I have really kind of flipped sides on this one. I'm I'm kind of a seed defender at this point. So, I'm interested. This is your first time seeing it. What's your evaluation? Well, once again, I didn't see this at the time, so I didn't have the benefit of now where I know I've got like three more Chucky movies to watch, right? So Two. Two more. Two more, it, it, plus a series. So I can know it can be an anomaly in the middle of a series, potentially. But at the time, you think this might be the last Chucky movie you see. 
And so you could be right. disappointed by that. Or like, oh, God, this is how they end it. Or, oh, this is the new direction they're taking it. Everything after this is just going to be crazier and more madcap and silly and goofy and and campy and pop culture referencing and all that kind of thing. And, oh, I, I don't like that. You know, I like the slashers. So I think if I had seen this at the time, I might have had a different opinion. Now I look at it, I just see it as a standalone movie. And I think it for what it was, it was funny. It had me laughing. It had me entertained. I don't think it moved as fast as the previous one did just because it's just so much like a comedy and for me after a while i get bored of these comedies it's a tough comedy that keeps my interest for too long like this one i thought was cute and i thought it was funny but i also think that like pop culture humor and referencing other movies is more of the like lower forms of humor (laughs) you know it's not as clever and Don Mancini is a very clever writer, so he was clearly writing all these jokes in on purpose for a wide, broad audience. And I think, in a way, probably this movie, he was trying to broaden the audience beyond horror into something that would play bigger at the theater. And interestingly enough, this, I think, was the last Chucky movie to make it to the theater. And every movie after this has gone straight to video. So I guess it it didn't make as big a splash as they wanted, right? I think it was a little disappointing box office wise compared to the one that came before Bride of Chucky. And it's probably because horror fans were not getting what they wanted and non-horror fans weren't going to go out and see a horror movie, particularly one titled Seed of Chucky. (laughs) So it probably just caught everyone by surprise and nobody really knew what to do with it. I liked it. It was fine, but it wasn't a scary horror movie. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm not saying that you are, I think I'm just at a different point in my life. I I, I think that at the time that I first saw this, I was a little snobbier about my horror. At this point in time in my life, I like to laugh and I don't mind low or easy humor at all. Things like there, there's a psycho reference in the beginning. There's the shining reference. There are other winks and nods to the audience that for a non-horror fan might just go right over their head and that's perfectly fine. It's it's not necessarily significant, but for the horror fan in me, I appreciate those winks and nods and I, I just like to laugh. So even silly jokes, fat jokes, jerk-off jokes, like one-liners, I love it. It makes me feel good. It entertains me. So I'm totally on board. I get it. I I don't disagree with anything that you said. I think some of the jokes are kind of easy and uh, those nods are a little obvious. It just doesn't bother me. I I don't disagree. I don't think this is as good as two or bride, but there was a point in my life when I thought it was bad and I don't think it's bad. No, I don't think so either. Definitely not bad. If you liked bride, I think you're going to like this movie. It's just way more of a comedy than a horror. And I'm really anxious to see what curse is like. I am so excited (laughs) (laughs) because it's what it's an, it's again, it's another like almost 10 year. I think it's like another eight year gap before another one came out, man. And I've said it on every episode that we've done so far. We didn't know what it was. They intentionally kept it a mystery. Is it a remake? Is it a reboot? And regardless of what you know, go into it with this mindset. I don't know what this is going to be. Well, I have no idea. I, I haven't seen anything since Seed of Chucky. It was silly. I don't know what this is going to be. And I hope I, I hope that you can see it with the fresh eyes that I did because I liked it so much. And if you don't like it, that's okay. I'll. I'll just tell you. (laughs) It'll be an interesting conversation nonetheless. And that'll be next week. So thank you guys so much for listening to this series. If you're a fan of Child's Play or our podcast, let us know. Just find us online. Just Google two guys and a chainsaw podcast. Find our website and all our social media. Drop us a line. Let us know what your favorite Child's Play movie is. Let us know where you stand on the whole seat of Chucky debate. We, we love hearing from you guys and we love responding. If you want to tell us with your voice, you can on our website, click a link that says talk to us and uh, go to a site where just using your computer or your phone, you don't have to install any special software. You can just uh, leave a quick up to 90 second message for us. And once you click that button, it'll get sent right to us. We'd love to hear from you and play your messages here on a future episode of the podcast. Until next time, I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. With two guys and a chainsaw. Chainsaw.